we'll do one from Hafiz. Would you think it odd? <clears throat> Would you think it odd if Hafiz said, I am in love with every church and mosque and temple and any kind of shrine because I know it is there that people say the different names of God. Would you tell your friends, I was a bit strange if I admitted, I am indeed in love with every mind and every heart and every body. Oh, I am sincerely plum crazy about you and every thought and yearning and every limb, because, my dear, I know that it is through these that you search for him. Yeah. It's always fun getting going right after meditation. People still zonked out. So we'll get the ball rolling. So for those that are initiated and walking this path to sound and light, may have heard of that phrase of the divine inheritance. Or even the phrase, the meek shall inherit the earth. Well, these often are references to that journey inwardly. And even the meek reference to the earth is really the holding on to the attachments to the physical level. And this is often what the soul that is in bondage is breaking free of because it is that which is of the earth that would attach and bondage the soul to inherit the earth. And so that's the challenge that every soul is overcoming to receive that which has been referred to as the divine inheritance or inheriting the kingdom of God. But that journey of inheritance is very interesting because as in any inheritance, even if we think of physically, what usually happens? Somebody dies. Somebody dies. And then an inheritance is passed along. Well, the same is true of the spiritual journey. That somebody does die so that the inheritance can be passed along or the inheritance can be received to who it's meant for. You've often heard us reference to this pathway of dying the little death daily. And so, that's what we're doing. That that which is of the world is that which is dying the little death daily. Every time we sit down to meditate and choose to go within, and that's seeking the kingdom of God, and that greater inner awakening, we open to receive the divine inheritance. But to receive, there is that part of letting go, that part of dying to the world so that we can receive that spiritual inheritance, that kingdom of God. So realize in this journey, even if I'm paraphrasing, or that sharing of the meek shall inherit the earth, well, the meek, isn't that more of a reference to being weak? And have you heard of the phrase, it takes great courage to see the face of God? And so it is on this journey 
that it does take a strength, a perseverance, a power to overcome that which is of the world to receive that greater inheritance, which is, of course, the awakening of the soul and its return into the kingdom of God. I'm sure most of you who have been walking this path, or if you're more beginning, you're discovering that in this journey, in the beginning it often is exciting because of all the awarenesses and the awakening that takes place. And then all of a sudden we get initiated. And maybe the fun lasts for a little longer, but then all of a sudden we begin to become aware, where did it go? Why does this seem to be more challenging now? How come I'm not experiencing quite that same level of enthusiasm and discovery of when I began this journey? Well, this is now the next stage of dying the little death daily that the soul begins to now take greater responsibility, not just for its creations in the world or handling the karmas or learning the lessons and letting go of the attachments to unencumber itself, but also taking the greater responsibility of now claiming the inheritance, of claiming its greater truth of the kingdom of God, that it begins to acknowledge and to receive the greater life, the greater life. So is that that dies to the world, that there is a greater, greater gaining of that greater life of the Spirit. Whenever there is a death, there is always a birth as well. Whenever there's an end, there's a new beginning. And even though the Spirit is eternal with no beginning and no end, its journey in the physical world of time and space, there is a beginning and there is an end. So that reference is only to its journey in the world. In truth, you've already received the divine inheritance. But now it's the journey, the journey home to where that inheritance rests so that we can now partake of the truth of what that is as they often call it, the treasures that are stored in heaven. All these references, even spoken of in physical ways, even the pearl of great price, all these references simply words, parables, but somehow to instill within the seeking soul upon this journey a spark to awaken it, to give it life, to keep taking the next step so that it does move through all the challenges and the encumbrances that would hold it from receiving that greater gift. What it often takes, not only courage, but strength. But it doesn't necessarily take strength and courage to awaken to the divine. It often takes the strength and the courage to move through 
the karmas of the world, the lessons that often seem so challenging and heavy, that's where it takes strength and courage to overcome these things that would suppress or hold the soul down from its true nature. So be aware of that. But you see, these things we call strength, courage, endurance, perseverance, loving, acceptance, forgiveness, joy, peace, awareness, awakening, those are all inherent. Oh, inheritance. Those are all inherent within the soul. So the inheritance is the soul itself and our journey to that discovery. It's just amazing. Even all the plays in the theater, nowadays movies, I'm talking about through time here, regardless of the media that it's presented, it often is portrayals of that greater journey of the soul as it overcomes all these challenges in this physical world. We always like the great fairy tale, and they lived happily ever after. Even the fairy tales, what is it? The prince and the princess uniting and living happily ever after. That's the true spiritual tale of the soul's journey, of that divine spark that is in this world of time and space, often referred to as the princess or bride. In the soul and the soul realm, the groom or the prince. And so it is uniting of the two. But always in that journey, even through the fairy tales, what are all the things that the divine spark comes up against in life? All the dramas and traumas and facing death itself. I like even the Snow White one. What is it? Taking a bite of the apple. Oh my God, the apple. There it is again. Not only in Adam and Eve, but even Snow White. And the Wicked Witch. It represents the world and taking a bite of that apple that would have us fall to sleep or to die to spirit. It's the same references, but those refer to the dying of the spirit, to getting caught up in the world. We use the same language, but it's simply now the return. Taking a bite of the apple of spirit so that we die to the world and now begin to be born of the Spirit. It's amazing all the stories that has been shared throughout history of this divine journey. But we often miss the mark because we always look at it as a physical journey. Yes, I want to meet my prince or princess charming and live happily ever after. Well, you will. Everybody will. But it is not about the prince or princess in the world. It is that which resides within. So 
So watch the movies, see the plays. You've heard us reference to the Shakespeare plays especially. Ones that have been presented by a teacher of this pathway to show that journey, the soul's movement through time and space in that greater journey into the awakening. These are good storylines, but they don't replace the actual experience of you living the story of your journey, your life. But they can help us to begin to understand the unfolding games or lessons. I like to call them games because often when it's challenging, we look at them as lessons, hardship, striving. But once we begin to see how that works, and it's just a journey, we can begin to see the game and realize as a game we can play and have fun. But even in the fun in the game, there's still the process to walk through all the experiences that happen upon that journey of life. But we begin to perceive and look at life differently. And that perception in how we approach life or attitude towards life is what can make all the difference of setting ourselves free from the lessons or enjoying the game. We're still learning the lessons. But now we're beginning to approach life from the greater spiritual perspective, the joy of spirit, to learn the principles and the truths of spirit rather than learning the laws of the land. We've been learning the laws of the land, the laws of karma, the laws of time and space. But now it's time to start learning the lessons of spirit, the loving of spirit, the joy of spirit, by choosing into the action of grace and spirit and loving so that we begin to live more by the principles of spirit. That's why we talk about loving, acceptance, forgiveness all the time in here and all those other qualities that are of spirit. It is often that sense of overcoming gravity because it always pulls us down. So it can often take that strength or that power that I mentioned earlier to overcome that downward pull. And so in this game, yes, it can seem like work. Yes, we may want to throw up our hands and give up. And yes, that's exactly what we want to do, is give it up. Give it all up. Because it is in the not giving up that we hold on and keep ourselves embedded into this physical process. So we must give up. We need to throw our hands up to let go of the attachments and to receive of the divine, to take hold of the spirit, 
so that we can now begin to be lifted back into that spiritual kingdom. Because there is this process of where we must move into a full state of surrender in giving up to God so that God can now take our hand and begin to lift us. Because if no hand is available for God to take because we're so busy holding on to the world, then how is God going to lift us up? How is God going to do God's part when we're still hanging on? So there does come that point in time, and many times on a journey, of where we do let go and lift our hands up so that we can receive and to take hold of, to be lifted now. And that's the action of meditation, where we go within ourselves. And by our focus, inwards and upwards, we begin to reach up that spiritual hand, that act of loving where we reach up to God through that spiritualized center. And in that, we see the hand of God extended to us to take hold of us and to lift us. That hand of God is the radiant form of the spiritual teacher. That's what that is. When you see that purple or blue light in meditation, or that form such as myself or Jim, or the golden white light, that's God's hand reaching to you the soul to lift you out of the karmas, the entrapments of the world. But it is your job to let go and to reach up so that God can now bring you up into the greater experience to receive your inheritance, which is your true nature. And in that, there is this journey. There is the journey the soul walks through, through this physical world, through the astral world, through the causal world, through the mental world, through the etheric world, and into the soul realm, the home of the soul, and then even the spiritual realms beyond. There is a journey. It all takes place simply through our loving God, which is reaching up and then allowing God to love us, which is God reaching down and taking hold of our hand. And God loving us is what now carries the soul through each leg of the journey, each step of the way. Let it be simple. Let it be simple. And just realize all the things you go through, all the experiences, all the challenges, all the joys are all part of that journey. One's not better than the other. They are all a part of the fullness, the completion, the whole journey is each step in that journey that makes up the fullness, that completes the journey. There's no skipping. There's no shortcuts. 
But it is much quicker when you do it with God. It is much easier when you allow in the grace. It is much simpler when you let go of the world and you simply focus into the loving. And then the joy and the peace and the grace fill us, surround us, bring us home. I was about to say protection. But you see, there's no need for protection when you are living the loving because there's nothing to protect. Protection has to do with polarity. For and against. Offensive, defensive. That's polarity. Spirit loves all unconditionally. And in the loving all, there is the freedom because all that is of the polarity is released, is dissolved, and the soul is free now to rise above all of the illusion of duality and now step into that true kingdom where there is the oneness and loving to know the greater truth. So we have to get past all the battles, all the reactions, taking defense, taking offense. So we'll put words like courage on that and overcoming the fears because that's where we often think of courage, to overcome the fear. But the wonderful thing is when you step in the loving and you live that spirit of truth, what does it do? The truth shall set you free. It doesn't say the Spirit will protect you from harm. It says the Spirit will set you free. The truth will set you free. Freedom from harm. Freedom. Nothing to protect. In truth, there's nothing even to learn or to experience. It is simply to be, to be loving. And in the beingness is all there is. The rest is just the journey of experience. And yes, that's what we're all caught up in, is the experience. So it is an experience to move back into the original state of beingness from which we've come. So shall we return to that which is. That which is. The I am that I am is the reference to the beingness that is God and that each of us is in truth one with. And so we're in a journey of experience to awakening once again to that divine beingness of who we are. So let us remember and not forget.
but simply to be. But the trick is in this game, this game of life here, is to stay focused into the beingness long enough to allow all that which is of the experience to pass us by. That's the challenge, is to stay focused in the beingness long enough to hold our attention, because that's all this is. It's a holding attention, because it is in that attention where we are present in that loving beingness, or when we lose our attention, well, have we lost our attention or have we simply moved our attention? To the journey of experience. I know it seems like it's a long, long time when we hear about the soul through embodiment after embodiment of the thousands, the millions of the years. It's a long time to hold our focus, isn't it? But yet it's done in just that moment. Right in the physical body. There's no need to go anywhere but just to be. That's what they mean by now here. Be present here and now. Because in this divine presence in the here and now, is that beingness. So I know you hear, share, in truth, you've never left the heart of God. And at the same time, you hear us talk about this journey. It's all of it. There's no parable. There's no dichotomy. There's no opposing factors here. It is simply a description of all that's unfolding through time, through space, through here and now, through beingness, and through doingness. But it is through holding to the beingness that the fulfillment of the soul takes place by completing the journey. And there will be the day in the dying, the little death daily that the soul lets go fully of this physical experience. And when that greater death comes, then there is the fullness of that divine inheritance where the soul returns fully into that kingdom of God and there lives happily ever after in the everlasting. 